Hey, hey friends again. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Untamed Experiences. I want to as usual thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for the good work you're doing, for the support you're rendering me. I want to thank you so much for listening in. I want to thank you so much for sharing the link and commenting. I thank you so much for sending feedback. And yes, above all, I thank you for pressing that play button every week to listen to the podcast. I hope these podcasts are actually blessing you and transforming your lives and the lives of those around you. So today, I would like us to share about um, enemies of the heart. Yes, enemies of the heart. We're going to look at enemies of the heart, but before we do that, let's take off time and pray um, for a short while. Oh Lord Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the gift of life. I thank you for the gift of this podcast and the people listening to it, Lord. May you do something great through them, through this podcast, Lord, oh my God, Father. May their lives be transformed through you and through your word, oh Lord Father. May they discover the enemies of the heart they have today and may they deal with them, Lord, through the podcast, Lord. In your mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. So today, as we said, we are looking at enemies of the heart. So yes, I want us to dive into um, today's sharing and devotion and today's sharing is about um, the enemies of the heart. Yeah? Um, but before we do, I want you to know one thing that our tendency is to monitor our behavior while pretty much ignoring our hearts. After all, how do you monitor your heart? Many of you can ask me that question. I cannot get too far off base in my behavior without somebody drawing it to my attention that I am going out of the lane with my behavior. But my heart? That seems a bit more complicated because not everyone does monitor heart changes. So Jesus said something that still has huge implications today. The things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and then out of the heart comes evil thoughts, right? So the heart is such a mystery. In fact, one prophet, Jeremiah, asked of the heart, who can understand it? That's the question he asked in Jeremiah 17 verse 9. That's a good question. The implication is that nobody can, with which I readily concur that nobody can understand the heart. And even if we do begin to understand it, we certainly cannot control our hearts, which is all the more reason we need to learn to monitor it. Um, like un, like the activity of a, of a dormant volcano. I hope you all know a volcano. Eh? And um, you cannot know when it's going to erupt, right? You cannot know when a dormant volcano is going to erupt. So what you do not know can hurt you, just like a dormant volcano. You know, suddenly out of the blue, someone files for divorce. Suddenly out of the blue, a kid's grades drop and his attitude changes, right? So suddenly, a harmless pastime becomes a destructive habit or an addiction. Or out of nowhere, devastating words pierce the soul of an unsuspecting loved one, right? So we've all seen it, felt it, even caused it. Just as Jesus predicted, yeah? What originates in the secrecy of our hearts won't always remain a secret. I hope that makes sense. I'll repeat that. What originates in the secrecy of our hearts won't always make or won't always remain a secret. Eventually, it finds its way into our homes, into our offices, and into our neighborhoods. The heart seeps into um, every conversation. It dictates every relationship. Our very lives emanate from the heart. 
we live, we parent, we lead, we relate, name it all, we romance, we confront, name it, react, respond, yeah, we instruct, we manage, we problem solve and love from the heart. It's all from the heart. Our hearts impact the intensity of our communication. Our hearts have the potential of um, exaggerating our sensitivities and insensitivities, yeah? So every arena of life intersects with what's going on in our hearts. Everything passes through on its way to wherever it's going. I mean, everything passes through the heart. We need the courage to ask the Heavenly Father for help to watch over, understand, and purify our hearts. He is eager to respond and to show us how to replace old bad habits of the heart with new and better ones that will in time make us more like his son so in the next um, conversation that we're going to have in the next few minutes we'll be looking at four enemies of the heart that everyone faces but before we do that i want you to take off time and reflect and ask yourself what do your recent thoughts or words or actions reveal about what's going on in your heart ask someone close to you for his or her opinion about this as well it may help yeah so let's dive right into um the enemies that we've that we are looking at today and the first enemy of the heart is guilt yes i said it guilt so guilt is the result of having done something we perceive as wrong right so the message from our heart laden with guilt is nothing other than i owe yeah I owe to do this. I owe to do that. That's the message that always comes from a, a, a guilt-laden heart. So consider the man who runs off with another. For example, yeah, consider a man who runs off with another woman and abandons his family. Without realizing it at the time, he has stolen something from every member of his family. He has robbed his wife of her future, right? Her financial security and her reputation as a wife. From his children's perspective, this man has stolen their Christmas, their traditions, their emotional and financial security, dinners with the family, and so on. But the funny thing is now, for the man who did all this, for him he doesn't think in terms of what he has taken. Initially, he thinks in terms of what he has gained. But the first time his little girl asks him why he doesn't love mommy anymore, his heart is stirred. He now feels guilt, right? He he now feels that guilty conscience in him. And hence, that's when he starts thinking, dad owes me something or dad owes to do something. So nothing less than paying that debt will relieve a guilty heart of its burden of guilt. If you, if you want to relieve it, you'll always feel like you want to pay that debt. So people try to work it off or serve it off, or give it off, and even pray it off. But no amount of good deeds, community service, charitable giving, or Sundays in a, in a pew can relieve the guilt. It's a debt, and it must be paid or cancelled for a guilty heart to experience relief. So how do you get your guilt cancelled? The answer comes in one of the Bible verses. Um, I love this Bible verse, and I memorized it as a child, which is First John um chapter 1 verses 9 which says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness 
first john chapter 1 verses 9 i'll read it again if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so confession has the power to break the cycle of sin and like most medical um remedies it works when applied properly um, proper application happens when we confess our sins not just to God but also to the people we've sinned against, right? So guilty people are usually repeat offenders, I would say that. And as long as you're carrying a secret, as long as you're trying to ease your conscience by telling God how sorry you are, you're setting yourself up to repeat the past. However, if you start confessing your sins to the people you've sinned against as well, odds are that you're not going to go back and commit those sins again. Confess both to God and others, and you will slay this enemy of your heart. So um, I want you, as we move on to the next thing, yeah, I want you to ask yourself, what are you feeling guilty for? Um, confess your sin to God and to whomever you have hurt. So you need to do that in order to move on from that guilt. So moving on, yeah? The second enemy of the heart is anger. We've looked at guilt, right? Now we are looking at anger. So the second enemy of the heart is anger. We are angry when we don't get what we want. I hope we all agree with that. We always get angry when we do not get what we want. Show me an angry person and I'll show you a hurt person. And I guarantee you that 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 person is hurt because something has been taken or somebody owes them something. We all know people whose anger could be verbalized in one of the following ways. For example, you took my reputation or you stole my family or you took the best life, sorry, the best years of my life or you stole my first marriage, you robbed me of my teenagers or you robbed me of my purity. Things like that. Or you owe me a raise, you owe me an opportunity to try that's in the workspace or you owe me a second chance or you owe me affection. So the root of anger is the perception that something has been taken, something is owed to you. And now a debt-to-data relationship has been established. Yes. So how about what debt is causing the anger you feel? Yeah? What debt is causing the anger you feel? So how long are you going to allow the person who, who has hurt you to control your life? Another month? Yeah? Will you allow them to control you another year, another season of your life, or how long? Yeah. So I would like to propose that today should be the day when you quit holding on to heart. While it's true that you can't undo what's been done, it's equally true, at the other hand, that you don't have to let the past control your future. You know, in Ephesians chapter four, we are commanded to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. We do that by forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave us. Wow. So the remedy for anger is forgiveness. The remedy for anger is forgiveness. If we hold out waiting to be paid back for the wrongs done to us, we will be the ones who pay. If, on the other hand, we cancel the debts owed to us, we will be set, we will be set free. Of the four monstrous forces we're discussing in, in today's um, discussion, I believe this one, unresolved anger from intentional and unintentional heart, is the most devastating. Yet in some ways, it's the easiest to overcome. You simply make up your mind to cancel the debt. You decide and declare you don't owe me anymore. So I just want you to identify who you're angry with 
I want you to determine what they owe you. I want you to cancel that debt by forgiving them. And lastly, don't let the anger build up, build up again. I hope um this I hope um these series are actually transforming you. I'm loving this, yeah. So moving fast forward. Um so the third, the third enemy of the heart is greed. Yes, greed. It's when we feel that we deserve more and more worldly wealth and goods. Greed says, I owe me. <laughs> yes, I owe me. So Jesus said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Why? Because of the four heart conditions we're considering. Greed is the most subtle of all. Yeah, Greed can take a presidence in the heart and live there for years undetected. It's difficult to diagnose against the disease of greed, especially to self-diagnose. So, Jesus went on to uncover the lie that fuels all greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions, but doesn't everybody know that? Do people really believe that their lives are equivalent to what they own? The answer is no and yes. No, not everybody knows that. And yes, there are people who believe that your life is pretty much the sum or total of what you own. And many of us today are more prone to this belief than we might imagine. After telling a parable, you know, Jesus gave his definition of a greedy person, someone who stores up things for himself or herself, but isn't rich towards God. Being rich towards God is Jesus talking for being um, generous towards those in need. A greedy person is the man or woman who saves carefully but gives sparingly. I hope that can iterate in your head. A greedy person is the man or woman who saves carefully but gives sparingly. So generous, generous giving will break the grip of greed on your life. So whether or not you think that you have extra, give and give generously. You've not to give to the point that it forces you to adjust your lifestyle. Yeah? If you're not willing to give to the point that it impacts your lifestyle, then according to Jesus, you're greedy. If you're consuming to the point of having little or nothing left to give, you're greedy. If you're consuming and saving to the point that there is little or nothing left to give, you're greedy. I know that's strong, right? Actually, it's harsh. Many of you feel offended, but it's true. Break the power of greed through the habit of generous giving. It's a habit that changes everything. Assess your generosity in giving and over the last 12 months, what does your charitable giving say about your heart? Give to charity. Give to, to needy people. Give to people if you have a lot to spare. Pray about what it would look like for you to launch into a new level of generosity in the next 12 months. Wow, moving on swiftly but strongly. Yeah? Um, lastly, the fourth thing that we would like to look at is jealousy. Yes, jealousy. You know, um, each of the enemies of the heart is energized by the idea that somebody owes something, right? Guilt says, I owe you, as we looked at earlier on, right? Anger is fueled by the notion that you owe me, right? Now that they're around. Then greed is kept alive by the assumption that I owe me, like I owe myself. So this fourth heart issue is no different. Jealousy. Jealousy says, 
God owes me. So there's an O in everything, in all the heart, <clears throat> in all the heart um, um, enemies. All of them, we see, they have an O somewhere. So jealousy says, God owes me. You know, when we think about jealousy or envy, we immediately think of the things others have that we lack. It looks like um, we think of the looks, we think of the skills, we think of the opportunities, the health, height, inheritance, etc. that other people have that we do not have. We assume our problem is with the person who possesses what we lack. That's the whole issue. But let's face it, God could have fixed all of that for us. Whatever he gave your neighbor, he could have given you to. That's why you may feel inside that he owes you, you know. So jealousy can, 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 can terrorize your life and wreak havoc in your relationships. The good news is this, this thing, like the other three, has a vulnerability. And that vu- vulnerability is, um, is something you might not expect. Stop coveting what others have and start asking God for what he knows is best for you. I'll say that again. The solution to jealousy is stop coveting what others have and start asking God for what he knows is best for you. You know, as James says in um, James chapter 1 verse, um, sorry, in James chapter 4 verses, um, verses 1 to 3, he says, our external conflicts are the direct result of an internal conflict that has worked its way to the surface. Our external conflicts are a direct result of an internal conflict that has worked its way to the surface. So we want something, but we don't have it. So we get in fights with others. The desires James is is referring to in this passage represent um, unquenchable thirsts, our thirsts for stuff, right? Money, right? Recognition, success, progress, um, name it all, intimacy, sex, fun relationships partnerships name it all so what do we do with desires and appetites that can never be fully and finally satisfied so james says we take them to the one right who created them in the first place in other words james is giving us permission to pour out our hearts in an unfiltered conversation with our creator you know every concern you have great and small matters to the father because you matter to the father so every concern you have matters to him whether it pertains to your love life or your career or your marriage or your parents or your children name it or your finances your education your appearances bring it to him i'll say it again take it to him and surrender it to him and keep bringing it to him until you find the peace to get up off your knees and face the day confident in the knowledge that he cares for you in the knowledge that christ gave his life for you in the knowledge that god has you and he has your back he has your six yeah let me assure you your heart will always be dear to his heart what is your heart aching for? Spend some time in absolutely free and inhibited conversation with God about what you feel you lack. Ask him to bless you in the way he knows is best and to reveal his love to you along the way. So I hope you've been blessed today. I hope you have checked all the four enemies of the heart, starting with guilt, 
followed by anger followed by greed and lastly jealousy and you are going to apply the remedies or the solutions that we've discussed today so i remain joel wavulo on the untamed experiences i hope you've enjoyed this podcast you've enjoyed this particular episode and may the lord bless you till we meet next time um i'm your host joel wavulo thank you see you then